Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you tonight. You ever notice weird things in life? Like airline food. What is up with that? Boo! Get off the stage, you bum! Shut up. Ah, welcome to What's the Deal with That? Where I ask a lot of questions with no answers whatsoever. I just ask questions. Like for instance, I go to church on a regular basis. What's the deal with worship? We're not at war, we're not on a ship, why not just call it sing-along time? Huh? Am I right? Huh? I know. I, I know it's not called uh, worship. It's it's worship. I'm aware. It's just a play on words. <laughs> You're so far from the show. Get off my set. Security. In all seriousness, though, folks, I do have a lot of questions about this portion of a church service. Let me show you. Is it okay if I sit? Because I honestly don't feel like standing, and I'm tired, and it's the early service. Why is the early service so early? How many songs are too much? I've already done three. Isn't that enough? Should I close my eyes, or do both? No one else is raising their hands. Should I? It's kind of awkward, though. Why do I even have to do that? The worship leader keeps telling me to raise my hands. I forgot to put on deodorant. If I don't raise my hands like everyone else, I'll look weird. This girl sitting next to me is really cute, too. Oh, this could be a problem. Okay, maybe if I just do this. No, that's weird. I look like I'm carrying a box. Oh, this is so annoying. I never know what to do in this situation. Never. Or how about all that singing? Is that all worship really is? Okay, I'm gonna start singing right now. Jesus, lover of my soul. Ugh, can you hear him? He sounds like a dying cat. Hey, I can hear you. I think I'll just go back to putting my hands in my pockets and keeping silent. If I nod my head a lot, that should be fine. Or what about styles? What is the proper style? Right now I feel like praising God. Praising God. When the collection plate goes around, I don't want to be a tight. What a tight one. I got nothing. Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. What is this, a game? Well, we are just about out of time. These are but a few of my thoughts on worship. And it begs the question, what's the deal with that? Next time, we'll be discussing the Big Mac. They're not that big, not made of macaroni. What's the deal with that? Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Well, good morning and welcome to Epic. My name is Tim Jones and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And before we dive in, let me take a little quiz. Uh, by a raise of hands, how many ever raise your hands during worship? Oh, come on. All right, there we go. Yeah. Now, by a raise of hands, how many have been tempted to raise your hands during worship? Come on. I, yep, there's a few of you. I know that. Um, and now everybody should get this one. By a raise of hands, how many of you are wearing deodorant this morning? Yep, okay, yes, hands should be raised. And why don't you go ahead and turn to your neighbor, and if they smell extra nice, just say, you smell fantastic, all right? So do that. There we go. There's some people smelling fantastic. Well, now you can go home and tell your friends uh, that you've had a personal hygiene test and that you've been hit on all at church today, okay? So, but anyways... Today, seriously, we are going to check out what's the deal with worship, and, uh, or another way of saying that is why is worship so important? Now, for many of us, there's many of us in the room that when it comes to worshiping God, we just think that everybody should be a part of it, you know? 
Uh, there's many of us in the room, when we think about coming on Sunday mornings, we can't wait to sing the songs that we're about to sing. We just think that everybody should experience what we experience when we connect with God. But yet, what happens when we kind of feel distant from God? Or what happens when something comes into our lives that makes us say, well, is God really there? You know, do we worship at that point? Then there's some of us, um, when it comes to worship, we just think, what in the world? You know, I don't get worship at all. You know, there's, when we sing a song, I just seem to not be able to connect with God. And so there's some of us that just feel like, you know, maybe it's the songs that we're singing or the style of music, and for some reason we're just not connecting to it. We ask questions like, you know, is worship really that important? Do we really need to sing these songs that we're singing? Um, is worship really that important? And then there's some of us um, who are checking out this whole God thing. And every time we step in the doors of a church or see a service on TV, we just say, what is the world going on with that? You know, Do they understand what they really look like? You know, And you just kind of chuckle and everything. And rightly so, you know, some of the things that you see are definitely weird. Um, but today, uh, whether you've been attending church for a long time or whether you uh, are uh, checking out God uh, at this point, uh, we really need to understand what's the deal with worship. Because worship is important. It does help us to connect with God. And it's really vital in terms of seeing people's lives changed as well. Well, today, to help us uh, cover this subject of worship, uh, I'm going to invite Evan Shows, who's our worship leader, out on the stage with us. So if you would, would you help me welcome Evan Shows as he comes out to the stage? Cool. Awesome. Evan, thanks for coming out here, man, and diving into uh, our subject on worship today. And so just kind of start us out. Tell us how long you've been leading worship, and then also tell us uh, why you enjoy leading worship. Sure. Um, so when you first put this question out to me, I kind of had to think about it a little bit. Uh, I was six years old the first time I led music in front of a, a congregation. I grew up in a, a really traditional church, uh, no instruments. We sang out of hymnals. And I remember I, I, was, I was five or six years old, and the song leader was a family friend, and he would pull me up occasionally and have me lead my favorite hymn out of the hymnal. And so I got started real young. Worship has always kind of been a real important part of who I am. And when it comes to actively being part of the ministry, that's been about 18 years. Um, when I was 15 years old, I went on a missions trip to Venezuela, and I still remember the moment um, being on my knees just totally broken before God and him telling me, so this is what I'm going to have you do the rest of your life. Um, so then it's just since then I've been actively involved in some way or another uh, in worship ministry. And then why I like doing it, yeah. um, I connect in a real different way through worship and through music to God uh, than in other ways. You know, for some people it's reading the word through scripture and some people it's praying and some people it's through fellowship. For me, I connect really powerfully with God through music. It's just one of those ways it works for me. And I've found that worship tends to prompt me into really open communication with God. And it's a really special moment for me. And I wanna be able to make that possible for other people as well. So I do everything I can uh, to create those moments to make that atmosphere possible for other people um, just because I enjoy it so much. Cool, that's awesome. Well, today, as we look at the subject of worship, we're actually going to turn to the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms is a collection of songs and prayers uh, that really express people's hearts and their souls uh, individually. And, and contained within many of them 
are examples of people telling us about uh, their viewpoint of who God is and what he's done. And also they share their fears and their doubts and they share their struggles in life and what's coming at them. They also share some of the uh, struggles with sin that they have. It's an amazing collection and you'll hear people who are crying out from the depths of their despair in the, uh, some of the Psalms that we read and everything. And so really the book of Psalms is an excellent uh, book that helps us really understand who God is and really lays the foundation for our discussion today. And so if you would like, you can turn to the book of Psalms. Um, We're actually going to check out three Psalms today. So we're going to put them up on the screens because we're going to kind of go fast uh, through each of them. But um, if you would, turn with me to Psalm 100, 1 through 5, if you have your phones or if you have your Bible. And uh, let's begin there for us. So... Psalm 100 verse 1 says, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is good. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. Now, I love how this psalm starts out. It's an invitation to all, not just some. It celebrates God. Uh, It says, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. So it's inviting all of us to come in and join. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I think God gets a bad rap because it feels like God has some favorites. But yet what we learn in the Psalms and in many of the Psalms is that he's inviting everyone to come, everyone to come and worship and be a part of uh, who he is. And then kind of another aspect that I love about this psalm that you saw is that you begin to really understand who God is and what he's done. And in there we see that, you know, we learn that he never withholds his love from us. Uh, He's always uh, never changing his attitude about us. He's committed to being faithful to everyone who uh, recognizes who he is uh, in every generation. And so what a great psalm to start out with to understanding who God is, what he's about, how Uh, He's made us, we are his, and he's inviting all of us to be a part of worship with him. And so, Evan, my question to you, um, kind of this psalm and many of the psalms, as I mentioned, really focus on who God is and what he's done. And many of the songs that we sing uh, have that element in there. So why is that so important? And then how does that set us up to respond to God in worship? It can sometimes feel a little weird to sing about God instead of to God. You know, we think about worship, you think that, you know, we're supposed to be worshiping God. And sometimes when we're singing about God, it kind of feels like we're talking to the people around us or talking to ourselves. Uh, It can feel a little awkward, but there's a method behind the madness. Uh, One of the reasons that songs have those lyrics is we're reminding ourselves about who God is, just like you said. And one of the best ways to learn about God, to get to know God, is to look back at what he's done way before us. So we look back biblically at how he took care of Israel, what he did with Jesus on the cross, how he took care of the early church, and it reminds us about how amazing God is. And then our hearts just kind of react out of that in just natural worship. It allows us to to get to know him better, and it's the best way that I know of to remind ourselves and the people around us about who God is. I mean, you think about it, if you've got kids, what's one of your favorite pastimes is to tell your friends about how cool your kid is and not mention how not cool their kid is compared to yours? Uh, No, 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 I wouldn't do that. Um, But you get to brag on your kids, you love doing that. You love to talk about how great they are because you love them so much. 
Well, we get to kind of do that in song about God. We're telling people around us, we're telling ourselves, this is a really amazing God that we serve. It's the best reminder that I can think of. Yeah, I I love what you said, you know, how it ties into history. You know, I'm a history buff, and for me, when I look at the Bible, I see that these events, they're real people, they're they really happened. Uh, you can, you know, even if you don't believe in God, you can look up these people's names and you can see things were done in the past. And that's just a cool element for me in my faith in terms of God and being able to worship him and be reminded of how he's moved throughout history. So totally get that. Um, which also kind of makes it easier to then live a life of worship um, at that point as well. Now, uh, help us understand when we have that concept of who God is and what he's done, how can we personalize that a little bit more? Because I know some of us struggle with singing songs and, you know, do we really have to do this and stuff like that? So how can we personalize that concept when we go to sing a song? We try to make some space inside of a worship time uh, in order to allow you to kind of meditate on what's going on. So you'll find times where the instrumentalists will play, but no one will sing, or we've got kind of transition in between songs where things spread out a little bit. And one of the ways I would encourage people to kind of personalize what's going on, because those songs and the words are, are kind of amorphous and they don't directly relate to your life all the time, is to react to what you just you know, sang or what you just read on the screen if you're, if you're not into singing but you want to still be part of worship and, and meditate on those lyrics and react out of that to God. So thank him for what he's done. Whatever the song reminded you of, whether it was something he did in your life recently, uh, it's just a reminder of something he did for somebody else. Take a moment and just thank God for that or, you know, or talk with him in some way. We try to allow that space uh, through different times in the music. Uh, another way is, you know, like you said, not everybody is wired like me. And so not everybody is into singing and music the same way that that some of us are. And that's okay because there are different ways to worship. And the thing I want to encourage you to do is not check out of worship just because you're not into the music. You can still enjoy that time with God. So like I said, you can meditate on the lyrics. You can sit there and read the words and kind of let them, you know, work in your heart and and speak to God um, in that time. You can open up the Bible and just kind of let the worship, you know, wash over you and and kind of decide to work with God that way or to pray with him. It's okay to sit down and not be on your feet the whole time if you want to meditate with God. My biggest encouragement is that you don't check out of worship, but instead you choose to personalize that time with him in some way and make sure you're connecting with him no matter what. Yeah, I love what you said at the end, personalize, because so often when you read the book of Psalms, you see God interacting in people's lives personally. And um, I can't think of a better person in the book of Psalms than King David. King David was uh, called a a person after God's own heart or a man after God's own heart. Um, And yet David, I mean, the guy messed up like a bazillion times and yet he still trusted God. I mean, he probably messed up more than most of us in this room. And yet he's called a God or a person uh, after God's own heart. And um, one of the Psalms that we want to share with you is just David who's in this time of trouble and he cries out to God. Listen to this uh, in Psalm 41 through 5, he says in verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, 
a, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. And I'm so glad David wrote this song, okay? Because here's David, who at that time was in a time of trouble. And he calls out to God, but yet God didn't like show up right then. It says that he waited patiently for the Lord. And so he continued to trust God in the midst of that trouble. And then God shows up and he answers what David needs in a personal way. And if you don't see it here, but if we read the rest of Psalm 40, David is writing this in a time that he's struggling with something else, really, really like deep despair, agony over something that he's going through, and he's remembering how God has shown up before, and that he's saying, you know what, God, you're gonna show up again in my circumstances. And so, you know, that kind of hits upon something that I know we all struggle with, because we know that this world, you know, it's really tough. I mean, it is tough. Either you're in a season of something that's really tough, or you're coming out of a season of something tough, or you're about to go into a season of something tough. And not too many people know, but Evan, like your entire life, you've had a lot of health issues. And sometimes the doctors have been able to figure it out, and sometimes the doctors haven't been able to figure it out. So how do you live a life of worship with God and now allow that to get you down? How do you continue to worship God in the midst of your struggles and your story with all the health issues that you've had? It's not always easy. You don't always feel like worshiping. Um, When I was a kid, I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. Um, I was young. I still remember some of the tests that went on and things. I'm very blessed to say God actually healed me of that specific disease. Um, Just an amazing kind of event in our lives as a family. But I've still struggled with breathing problems uh, pretty much my entire life, and there are times where it's hard to catch your breath. Anybody with asthma knows that feeling. It's just, you know, it can be hard to do what you need to do with the energy you need to do it. Uh, And I guess it's been five years now. Five years ago, uh, I got really sick, and we had no idea why. And we bounced back and forth for months. You know, I would get sick and then better and sick and then better. Um, Went through a time period of about a month where I couldn't get out of bed, uh, couldn't get off the couch, I couldn't do much of anything. I lost about 40 pounds. Uh, inside of three or four weeks, uh, which on a body my size isn't a real great thing to do. Um, And over a course of two, two and a half years, a lot of tests, um, four different doctors, trips back and forth from Jacksonville. Uh, The doctors kind of got a partial diagnosis for me. And at this point, we're controlling it as best we can with medication. Um, But it still leaves you with a lot of moments where it's hard to worship. Um, Not just physically hard, but you just don't feel like it. And even if you haven't struggled with health problems, um, you've had those times. I mean, whether it's just been a rough week, a really bad day where you got out of bed and you just started with arguments in the house and kids screaming at you and the car didn't start. Uh, You went to work and your boss said, I'm really sorry, but you know, we're going to have to downsize and we're going to have to let you go. Or your husband or your wife, your significant other said, "Uh, I'm done. You know, I'm I'm not going to fight for this anymore. We've done enough and I'm walking out of this. We've all had different moments where it's been nearly impossible for us to decide that we're going to give ourselves up in worship. Those are the moments when it's most important to just let go and worship God. That's how I got through those struggles. Uh, you know, I had some really close friends, or, you know, our small group at the time, 
who walked through that with us. And we prayed together. We cried together. Uh, They sat in silence with me and we just tried to figure things out. And one of the most important things they did was they made sure they worshiped with us. You know, Carla and I, and and we would all get together in our living room. Um, They were part of my worship team at the time. You know, we would get together at different times and we would worship together. And those were some amazing moments with God. It's those moments where you figure out faith isn't made out of how you feel, but it's made out of much sterner stuff than that. You find out that worship isn't something you do because you feel like doing it. It's a decision that you make. You decide, I am going to worship God, whether or not I feel like it, because he's worthy of it. He's a lot bigger than anything I'm going through. And I don't have to get it. I don't have to understand it, but I'm going to worship him anyway. So that's sort of, you know, just a little bit of my story and how I've decided, you know, worship is more important than what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love what you said that ultimately it's taking that step of trust. And when you take that step of trust, you really find out who he is and what he's done. And then you're able to continue to have confidence and trust him more and more, just like kind of David in that psalm and stuff. So really important. Um, you know, so for us, you know, it's just like, We've got to really hunker down on this concept of who God is and what he's done. That's the basis for worship. And when we are able to understand that concept and really understand who he is, um, then it allows us to respond to him in worship in times of trouble and everything like that. I know for me, somebody challenged me, um, do you know God, but do you really know him? And it was in a critical moment of my season where I was really down and down in the dumps, like depressed, so much so that I thought this world would be better without me. And when I heard that, um, or when I got to that point, you know, I cried out to God and I said, God, this is not good where I'm at. And he sent some people into my life at that moment. And um, it was amazing. And then he sent that message like, Tim, do you really know me? And, you know, just like David said, when he placed David on solid ground, when I started to know who God was, then I started to trust him more and more with my life. And what I had done to get into those depths of despair, I found out that it was really myself in that moment. Well, there's another aspect that I want to kind of focus on in the Psalms. And this aspect is, when you read all the Psalms, there's this dual kind of thing going on. They praise God often for who he is and what he's done, but yet they also want to let everybody else know what God has done. And there's this invitation to join God in, uh, in God rescuing us. And the greatest rescue is that he sent his son Jesus. So, you know, here's Jesus who's changed the world. I mean, you know, how many billions of people are worshiping Jesus today uh, from 2,000 years ago? And so there's this aspect in Psalm, I love this Psalm, Psalm 96, verse 1 says, uh, Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing thing, things he does. You know, so, I mean, this guy's got passion. You know, as you read that, this guy is passionate about who God is, what he's done, and he wants to proclaim it. And kind of the same thing, uh, Evan, when we understand who God is, what he's done, uh, there's this invitation from God to join with him in rescuing others. Um, And so it seems like God's asking us to live beyond a song. It seems like he's asking us to live a life of worship. So is worship more than a song? No. 
That's all it is, and that's all I would know. <laughs> worship is a lot more than the music we sing on Sunday mornings together. It's more than the time we spend here. Uh, it's more than you know, putting your iPod on in the car and singing along with it, or you know, any of those things that we do during the week that we think about as worship. Those are all acts of worship, you know, worshiping in, in song, in scripture, in prayer. Those are all part of worship, but it's not the whole thing. What we're looking for when we're looking at worship biblically is a life of worship. It's a life dedicated to doing what God asks us to do and doing it in the moment. You know, that's what God is looking for as an act of true worship to him. It can involve all of those other things, but it can also involve driving down the street and seeing somebody with a sign out saying, you know, struggling for food and God prompting you, hey, you need to go give that guy five bucks. That can be an act of worship. It can be going and helping you know, your friend move his stuff out of his third floor apartment into the third floor apartment two rows down. That can be an act of worship because that person needed help and had nobody else to rely on. And God used you in that moment in their life to speak to them and just to love on them. And so I would encourage you to look for those moments and to live a life just dedicated in doing what God's asking you to do and worshiping him in everything you knew, not just on these couple of hours on Sunday morning that we tend to get together. Yeah, I love what you said. You know, So when we're really knowing who he is leads to worshiping, and then it really allows us to live a life of worship, which impacts our lives, as we've talked about personally, but it really impacts other people's lives. And you know, I want to thank you, um, you know, in terms of, I couldn't imagine all the health issues that you've gone through, and if you've given up, like if you had given up, you probably wouldn't be here, you know, leading worship. You probably wouldn't be here to impact all of our lives in terms of helping us to connect with God. And so, you know, that's the thing that we want to encourage you with is you are going to go through tough things, but when you continue to trust God and live a life of worship, Whose life are you really impacting? You're impacting other people's lives. And that's what God's inviting us to do. And so he's going to be there with us. He's going to guide us. There are so many psalms that tells us that he is there right beside us, that he'll give us uh, the strength to overcome those things. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are going through something that you're struggling with, realize, lift your eyes up on him. Remember, remember who he is and what he has done. And when you do that, call out to him, and he will continue to sustain you through the things that you're facing. Now, um, <clears throat> the whole thing that I want to kind of set up for us to do here, you know, we've talked about the importance of who God is and what he's done. We've talked about how he comes into our lives personally when, um, through the Psalms that we saw in David and everything. And then this uh, point where we need to really surrender and say, God, you know what? I'm willing to live a life of worship for you. And so what we wanted to do, we wanted to kind of carve out a time to just practice what we've just talked about, to really worship God uh, for who he is and what he has done. And so Evan's going to get ready here, and um, I just kind of want to leave us with one final thought <clears throat> for today to really encourage us. In Psalm 150, verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and the flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, we're here on earth. We're going to have good times. 
We're going to have bad times. God never hides that fact. In fact, he says we will. And in those moments that we are down or downcast, we can call out to him, and he will be there. And we will have times that there will be joyful moments. We will have times that we are able to celebrate as well. And the thing that we need to see is that worship, what we do on Sunday mornings when you sing songs, is a catalyst, a catalyst to remind us of who God is and what he has done. And when we trust him in those moments, it's amazing how he will show up, and it's amazing how he will show up in your life, but also in the lives of others. And so I just want to encourage you this morning to remember who he is, what he has done for you personally, and remember that on a regular basis, because when we do, then that will allow us to live a life of worship. So let me pray uh, before we enter into this time of worship. Father, we just uh, thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the great I am, that you revealed yourself so long ago, that you said, here's my name to Moses. There are real people in history with real stories, God, of interacting with you. And you have come and you have shown us exactly who you are. Jesus, thank you for what we could never do which has come to this earth on purpose to die for us so that we could have a relationship with you, God. And so thank you so much. And may we constantly remember who you are and what you have done. And may we constantly thank you for how you've shown up in our lives. Because God, it's not about us. It's about you. Because you are trying to rescue so many as you've rescued us. And so we thank you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hated to cut off that applause there. You can continue to, to clap for Evan and Tim if you like. You know, I, I just so appreciate uh, so much of that service this morning. And uh, there's some powerful truth there that we've got to learn. Uh, worship is way bigger than how most of us define it. And we've got to learn how to worship God on a daily basis. There's so much to it that God wants us to learn how to do. And we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our relationship with God to learn how to do that. Now, as we wrap up today, I have a few announcements for you. And then I have one challenge that's related to our service today. So our first announcement, I want to celebrate what we did yesterday. Yesterday, we had, I don't know, 85 to 100 people go out and help us do a project called Gleaning. So you can clap for that. So if you're not familiar with gleaning, it's the Old Testament practice of going through and picking produce that has already been picked. That's the Old Testament part of that. So it was God's way of saying, listen, for those who don't have much, this is a way that they can go out and work and, and get the food that they need. Now, we went out and we gleaned. We picked some produce. Now, on one of the fields, it hadn't been picked yet. The broccoli had not been picked. Um, and that field was just going to go to waste, and so we picked broccoli and we picked citrus. Now, get this. We picked 2,500 pounds of broccoli. That's a lot of broccoli. 
And we picked 1,224 pounds, I think, of citrus. That's a lot of citrus. So you might have seen some of it as you were coming in this morning. And one of the things we encourage you to do as you leave today, please take some of that with you. That's a little bit of the overflow that we had. And let me tell you where the bulk of that went. It went to uh, our local community food pantry, Grace Community Food Pantry, went to a food pantry in Jacksonville. I think there are like four other places that that food went to in order to get to some families in need. And it, it got there yesterday. So they were families taking it home yesterday. We pulled up to Grace Community Food Pantry and we're dropping stuff off and the people there, their eyes are getting bigger and bigger. You got how much broccoli? And people are driving up and like, hey, do you like broccoli? Sure. Here's a bag, like a whole trash bag of broccoli. So hopefully they'll be able to figure out what to do with all that broccoli. But it was a a great day. Thank you for everybody coming out to serve. Now, if stuff like that excites you, if you get excited about serving our community in that way, then we've got another day coming up for you on April the 5th. We have what we're calling a 3G Saturday. Okay, now in the fall, we did a 3G Sunday where we gathered on Sunday morning. We went out into our community and then we did like 13 projects together. So we're gonna be doing that on April 5th on a Saturday. So we'll tell you more about that in the next few weeks and you'll have opportunities to sign up and be active in that. Now, my next announcement is on March 15th, our children's ministry is doing a drive-in movie night. So I'm not sure you know, if you're familiar with the whole drive-in thing or not, but it was kind of, kind of a cool thing we're kind of bringing back. So we're going to have it here in this facility. Uh, we're going to be watching a movie on these screens. Kids are, are going to be given boxes, actually families. It's a family event, so don't just drop your kids off. Make sure you stay with them. Uh, we're going to give boxes out and you'll have a chance to decorate your box like a car. There'll be a prize for the most creative uh, box that's decorated. We'll have candy and popcorn and all that kind of great movie kind of stuff. And we encourage you to come and hang out with us on that night. Now, if you have kids back in our children's area, then you should get some information from them as you leave today. If you don't and you know somebody who has a child in the zero to sixth grade age, then stop by our Connection Center and you can pick up some information about that and hand that out to someone. would love to have you a part of that with us. Now, here's my challenge. Today, we've learned that worship is much bigger than the songs that we sing on Sunday morning. True worship is about a lifestyle of obedience to God. Listen to what Romans says about worship. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So when we live our lives the way that God desires, that's truly the way for us to worship him. It's more important than the songs that we sing on Sunday. It's more important than writing a big fat check and putting it in the offering box to give to a church. We're not opposed to big fat checks, but it's more important (laughs) than that. It's more important than learning lots about the Bible, but not applying the truth that the Bible has for us. So again, worship is a lifestyle thing, and there are many ways to worship God. One of those ways I want to talk about in closing is this thing called serving. In Matthew 20, verse 28, Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. I mean, get that. The creator of the universe, 
God in the flesh shows up and says, I came to serve you, not to be served by you. And I ask, if you're a follower of mine, to follow my example and do what I do. Learn to serve others as well. So when we serve, we are most like Jesus. We are learning to become the people that God wants us to become when we get active in serving. So several times a year, I stand before you and I ask more of you to get active in serving through Epic. And I honestly believe there's no greater place than you can get active in serving than through a local church. And here's why. Local churches are God's number one plan to reach the world with a life-changing message of Jesus Christ. God's number one plan. And guess what? God does not have a number two plan. So if you look around at us, you and I are God's plan in this county to reach this county for Jesus. And so that means God says, listen, I want you to get active in serving through a local church. God desires that we funnel large amounts of our time, our talents, and our resources through local churches. Now, when it comes to your financial resources, you can play a part in what God is doing here in, in our church and in our community by giving of your finances. You can give at one of our giving boxes. We have some at the back of each seating section. You can give there, or you can give online at theepicchurch.com. Now, when it comes to your time and your talents, there are lots of opportunities for you to get active in what God is doing here at our church. There should be a card beside you somewhere on a seat. I encourage you to grab that card and flip it over and look at it real quick. Uh, One side says, don't just attend, serve. It changes lives. And then on the other side, it shows you some of the opportunities that we have for you to get active in serving here at Epic. Now, I'll be honest with you. As a growing church, we need your help. So we need more committed volunteers to dive in and serve at high levels. I mean, there is not a ministry area that we have that does not need more committed volunteers to jump in and, and help out. So if you're wondering, I wonder if, like, if, if he's talking about me. I am. I'm talking about you, and I'm talking to you. So it doesn't matter if you've been coming for a few months. It doesn't matter if you've been coming for a few years. There's a place for you to get active in serving. Now, today I want to highlight one of our ministry areas, and that is our Epic Kids ministry area. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but on Sunday mornings, we have around 120 kids That's the kids part. That's not the adult part. 120 kids back in our children's ministry between our two services. That's larger than many churches in the United States. It's phenomenal. And our volunteers do an amazing job of making Sunday morning the best hour of a kid's week. And they work really hard to make church so engaging for kids, it will build a solid foundation for them as they head out in life to build their lives upon that foundation in God. And we need more help in order to do that. Now, some of you are probably thinking, yeah, but I'm scared to death of kids. Like, I get it. I have four, and I'm afraid of most of them. I mean, it is scary. But I guarantee you, they will, they will not hurt you. They may bite you, but it, it, it won't hurt that long. 
We've got a lot of opportunities in, in our children's ministry. You can be active in a small group environment. You can be active in a large group teaching environment. You can be active kind of behind the scenes, checking kids in, or in, a, in another way behind the scenes where you're uh, photocopying things for the classrooms to get ready. There are a lot of opportunities for you to get active in our children's ministry. Now, anytime I make an announcement for our kids' ministry, most guys think, I am so glad he's not talking to me. I'm so glad he's just talking to the ladies. Because, right, you know, ladies work with kids, right? Okay, guys, I'm talking to you. All right? So if you go to the bathroom standing up, I'm talking to you. Okay? So just so we're clear, guys, I'm talking to you today. And here's why. We need God-honoring men to come invest in, in some of these young boys' lives. We've got some families here at Epic. We've got some single moms that have been praying for a male role model, a positive, godly male role model to step into their boy's world and fill a a spot that can only be filled by someone who loves Jesus deeply. And so guys, you could be God's answer to that mom's prayer. Ladies, you could be an answer to a parent's prayer saying, I just need more positive influence on my kids. The world is pulling my kids away. It, trying, it's hardest to pull them away from God and pull them away from me. And we need more people that love God and can invest in our next generation. Now, just so that you know, we don't just let anybody serve with our kids, okay? So just in case you're a little bit worried about that, safety is a high priority to us. That's why we require everyone go through a background check. So it may take you a few extra weeks or it may take you a month or so to get through the approval process and all that, but don't worry about that because it is well worth the wait. The safety of our kids is very important to us. So here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna have an information meeting right after the service. It's gonna be a short information meeting right over here in what we call our teacher's lounge. So right after the service, after we're done and I say we're dismissed, then I encourage you to head in that direction, bring your card with you, start filling it out now and, and stop over there and, and just for a few minutes and you'll get to meet my wife, Tammy, as she leads our children's ministry and I gotta tell you, she is the bomb. So not only is she beautiful, beautiful, but she is amazing at our children's ministry. And so guys, just so you know, her name's Tammy and yes, she's married. So, you know, <laughs> off limits. All right. So Evan said something like this today. He said, worship isn't about an emotion we feel. It's more about a decision that we make. So when it comes to serving, that's what serving is about. It's a decision that we make. And I can't encourage you enough to decide today to get active in serving and learn how to be a little bit more like Jesus. Now, if you feel led to another serving area, that's fantastic. You see, we've got a lot of opportunities. I encourage you to fill your card out. You can stop by our Connection Center, talk to someone there before you leave today about getting active in serving. Or there's another table over here in this corner. You can stop by there before you leave and talk to them about that as well. Now, if you are new with us, we're so glad that that you're here today. You're off the hook. I'm not trying to to get you active in serving. I'll leave you alone for another week or two. Um, But we're, we're glad you're here if you're new, I encourage you to stop by our Connection Center before you leave. We'd love to meet you, give you a little bit of information about our church, and maybe answer some questions that you might have. So that's all I have for today. Thanks for being here, everybody. Have a great Sunday, and we'll see you next week.